Let us pray and then we'll get to our text. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you be with us these next few moments. In Christ's name I do pray. Amen, amen. and amen. Go with me real quick back to Luke chapter 12, verses 2. And then some of y'all ain't turning. Hold on. Some of y'all waiting for it on the screen. See, let me tell y'all what I did today. I gave y'all Luke 12, too, for the screen, but I got other texts we're going to go to that I purposely did not give them because y'all going to turn there in y'all's Bible. Amen? Sister Perry, Elder Perry, where your Bible at? Well, you take it too long to explain it. You find your phone. So you can't see it. Well, just open it up and act like you're going there. Yeah, it's somewhere in the back. You know, y'all just did the whole play. It's in the back there right there. Go, go tell, go tell uh, the go tell play. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. I love it. Luke chapter 12, verses 2. I'm going to read that real quick, and then I'm going to go to another text, and it's going to be found in the book of Joshua, right? Luke 12, 2 says, For there is nothing, <laughs> emphasis on nothing, for there is nothing covered that will not be revealed, nor hidden that will not be known. Go with me to Joshua chapter 7, verse 1. Joshua chapter 7, verse 1. And my title for today is The Skeletons in Our Closets. Woo! We all got something up in there we don't want to show nobody. See, some of us trying to even get to the kingdom, not necessarily to hang out with Jesus. You just don't even want nobody to know the dirt that you done did. So you feel like if I get to the kingdom, nobody's going to know some of the dirt that I done did. Oh, the skeletons in our closets. All right. Everybody there read uh, Joshua chapter 7, verse 1. Don't worry. It's not coming. Don't even try to put it on the screen up there. Y'all going to turn to it in your phones, your Bibles or something. Let's see. Twin, you home. Um, all right, yeah, I'm going to run y'all down. Joshua chapter 7. You got it? Oh, yeah, you got your Bible. All right, it's all right, don't worry. Just turn, act like you're turning there. It makes me feel better. You there? We ain't in no rush. It's the Sabbath. You ain't got nowhere to go. Joshua chapter 7. Detroit Lions don't play. Y'all don't lose till tomorrow. So you got nothing to do today. Yeah, I said it. Amen. Let's go. The skeletons, and I know I'm in the Detroit area. It's all, if y'all try to jump me, don't worry. I ain't coming back here then. Y'all figure it out yourselves. The skeletons in our closet. What does that phrase mean? Don't worry, we're going to go to that text in one second. We're going to get there. Now, what that phrase means is something bad or embarrassing that happened in someone's past or present that is kept secret. I believe we all got some things. We all got some things. And I know some, some of us, it's, it's twirling around in our minds right now. What is that thing I don't want nobody to know about? Oh, yeah, we all got something. We all got something. We haven't been living on this earth for as long as we have, and there ain't something in that closet you don't want revealed. Oh, boy. Now, let me tell you something about skeletons. Skeletons tend to prevent you from one living whole, right? Skeletons, they bind you from being free. Skeletons, they keep you from being completely. Now, when I say completely honest, see, see, we like to tell those, you know, what we call them, the little white lies. Y'all know what I'm talking about? That's because y'all tell some of the little white lies, right? 
Look, ain't nobody. Oh, thank you. Thank you for being honest. Thank you for at least one person being honest. Remember, the church is a hospital for sinners. That means you ain't perfect. Newsflash. You a sinner just like me. Amen. Thank you. Skeletons keep us from being able to be completely honest. They're detrimental. And ultimately, guess what, guys? They can lead to your eternal separation from God. Skeletons in your closet. Now, my question to you is, how does this play out biblically as well as in our lives? Joshua chapter 7, 1. You should already be there, right? All right, you're already there. Joshua chapter 7, verses 1. And it says this. It says, but, but the children of Israel committed a trespass. Them jokers and did something wrong again. Regarding the accused, uh, uh, sorry, the accursed things. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed things, so the anger of the Lord burned against the children of Israel. Now you can keep your hand in Joshua chapter 6 or 7, because what I'm going to do today is I'm going to tell you the story. Now, as I tell you this story, I'm going to stop along the way, right? I'm going to stop along the way, and I'm going to pinpoint certain things that are in the story. And as I pinpoint these things throughout the story, you're probably going to say within yourself, ooh, and ah. But just watch how God operates in this particular story. Is that all right? All right. Now, I don't know how most of you pronounce most of the uh, names in the Bible, but you read how I just pronounced these particular names of the Bible. You may say them a different way. I may say them wrong, whatever. But what I need you to understand is nothing in the Bible, right? Nothing written in the Bible is just put there as space fillers. Y'all know how y'all ever wrote a paper in school, right? And, and you're about one whole page short of making the assigned amount of pages you, yeah, all y'all been there. And you start filling it up with a bunch of ands and its and does and but a whole bunch of stuff because you gotta fill up the paper to make your 10 page paper assignment. Y'all know what I'm talking about? That's all right, I'm not the only one, right? All right, so the Bible's not like that though. The Bible is not like that. The Bible does not just put words in there just as space fillers. Names are not there just so you can't pronounce them. Names are not there just so you can uh, uh, speed, bump, speed past each of the names. You know how they get real hard, right? And you just, I can't pronounce that one, that one, that one, or that one, and you just end up skipping the whole verse. But what I need you to understand is these names are there for a purpose. Is that all right? All right, we've established that point, right? So here we find the children of Israel in Joshua chapter 7, verse 1, have committed a trespass. They have done something wrong. They did something that they were not supposed to do, and now they find themselves in what I would call a predicament. Any of y'all ever been in a predicament before? Y'all been in a sticky situation? You know what they call it between a rock and a hard place, right? See, see, they find themselves in between a rock and a hard place. They're in a very sticky situation. 
Now, going backward to give you just a little bit of context of how we got to Joshua chapter 7, verses 1, right? The children of Israel have now already crossed the Jordan River. They've already wandered in the wilderness for 40 long years. I'm only 41. So that means they was, they was marching for a long time, folks. Walking around in circles for a long time. And you realize the journey wasn't even supposed to take 40 years. But it's because of their actions and their unbelief and all the rest of it that they wandered so long in the wilderness. That should tell you something as we're wandering around this world. Certain things God can't bless you with because of how you keep acting. You find yourself just wandering. But finally, finally, these individuals have crossed over the Jordan Sea. The Jordan River, they crossed over the Jordan River and, and they were coming to this big, magnificent city called Jericho. Jericho was a city with high walls and, and, and these were military individuals. And, and, and God instructed them to do something specific in order to win the battle over Jericho. Now, I don't know if any of y'all ever been in any kind of battle before, but to tell me. If I was a warrior, just go out there, walk around the city and make some noise. First, you're going to be quiet. You're going to walk around in circles and you're just going to be quiet. You know, in this day and age, you'll be termed as crazy. We're going to defeat the enemy, enemy, but all we're going to do is walk in circles. That's all we're going to do. You're going to walk in circles. But then at the appointed time, you're going to walk around the thing in silence, but then you're going to make some noise. Ah! That is the worst battle plan ever. There's no secrecy. There's no hiding. These were definitely not the Marines, the Navy SEALs. It was none of that. It was individuals that were being led by God. See, everything that God tells you to do isn't necessarily going to make sense. See, a lot of us, we get hung up on not doing anything, even though God, leading, God is leading, because we want it to make sense to us. The reality is certain things God leads us to do make no human sense. So we're going to walk around this city. We ain't going to say nothing, number one. And then at the appointed time, we're going to walk around this city, and then we're going to make some noise. Ah! And then what you're going to see is the walls are going to start tumbling on down. Now, in Joshua chapter 6, verses 18, God told them something, though. God told them something specific even before they took Jericho. And here's what it says in Joshua 6:18. It says, and you by all means abstain from the accursed things, lest you become accursed when you take of the accursed things and make the camp of Israel a curse and you trouble it. God said, don't you touch nothing up in there. Whatever you see, you leave it. Oh, but you know how we are. You know how we are. And it, uh, don't raise your hand, but anybody ever stole anything in here before? I'll raise my hand. Yeah, thank you for being honest. See, 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 many of us have been stealing every week by not returning our tithe and our offering. Oh, let me 
just throw that one out there right there for you. See, you think I'm only talking about 30 years ago before you came back into the church, right? Oh, no, 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 no. You've been stealing from God with your time, your tithe, and your offering. Three of them items while coming to Ypsilanti Seventh-day Adventist Church every single Sabbath. Oh, boy. Yeah. So these individuals are told by God himself, don't touch nothing. When you see all of the good stuff in there, you leave it alone. All right, we ain't gonna touch nothing. We ain't gonna do nothing. You know how you tell somebody you ain't gonna do something, but you got your fingers crossed a little bit because you just know, I'm still gonna do it even though they told me I ain't gonna, don't do it. So we come now to Joshua chapter seven, verse one. You can read most of this stuff on your time because trust me, I'm going, I'm going to go through this. I'm going to hit points and I need for you to go back and read it on your own time. All right. Amen. So we arrive at Joshua chapter seven, verse one. We arrive there at Joshua seven, verse one, after these individuals have now overtaken the city of Jericho, but now they were to take over a small little itty bitty city called AI. They had already defeated Detroit. Detroit was defeated, but now they needed to come to little old bitty Ypsilanti. And they thought because we just took this big old city of Detroit, this big old motor city of Detroit, we took over the Ford building and all the rest of the buildings, right? We took it all over. We gonna come up in Ypsilanti and we just gonna take Ypsilanti by storm. We gonna do our thing. We got our spears, our swords, and we gonna handle business up in there, right? That's what they thought. See, God had told them everything your foot touches is going to be yours. That was the promise. However, you then find later on down in Joshua chapter 6 where these individuals are running from the people of AI. They're running for their lives, and not only that, they've been defeated. Oh, you know those moments where, where you thought God told you to do something and you just didn't do it the way you were supposed to do it and then you find yourself defeated and what do you do? You blame God. Oh, yeah, 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 we all know about those situations because we live those situations every single day. We blame God for our misfortune when it's really your fault. If we take some ownership. It's really our faults for certain things. And then we come back crawling to God and we say, but God, didn't you say this? But God, didn't you say that? Yes. But I also said, don't you dare touch nothing of that accursed thing. We forget that part. And so these individuals, they're running now. They're running from this small city of Ypsilanti, right? And they're saying, what in the world just happened? Then as you read on in Joshua chapter 7, you find where Joshua now is on his face before God. He's literally laying with his face in the dust, trying to figure out what in the world happened. God, didn't you say this was going to happen? God, didn't you say this was happening? God, why are we running from these individuals? God, why, what is happening? Joshua, the leader of Israel, he's confused because he thought 
God was going to do what God was going to do. Hold on, let me come over here. You falling asleep on me. I got to wake you up. Let's go. Come on, stay awake. There you go, stay awake. Only people in here that get to sleep is little kids. That's it. Other than that, now all y'all waking. So if you fall asleep on me, trust me, I'm coming to you. Is that all right? Because I know if any of your students fell asleep in class, you'd wake them up. I was at the school on Thursday. I know y'all wake them up. Amen. You fall asleep on me, I'm coming to get you. So that means go to sleep Friday night early, wake up so you can stay awake in church. Is that all right? Y'all don't get no pass either because y'all, y'all like 10th and 11th grade. Y'all don't get no pass. Y'all stay awake. <laughs> y'all got to stay awake too. Let's go. My son, he back there awake. That means all y'all got to be awake. Thank you, Tamika, and, th and, 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 and thank you, Shauna, for keeping him awake. Amen. Let's go. Oh, yeah, I don't mind embarrassing you. At all. Trust me. So here we go. Joshua. He's flat on his face. But God, why? God, what is what has just happened? God, didn't you just give us a promise? God, you said that everything that we touch our feet, you would give it to us. But now we're defeated. And imagine the anguish that Joshua is feeling. Imagine the pain that Joshua is feeling. He's got to lead these people and he's got to lead them well. However, as a leader, he's seeing people around him die. Ooh. You see, one thing about being a leader, right? And you see individuals that once were in church, that, that you baptized and, and, and they walk away. It hurts you a different type of way. Because you know all of the effort that has gone into saving one soul. The Bible says all of heaven rejoices over that one soul, right? And when that one soul starts to walk away from the kingdom of God, it hurts. And so you can imagine Joshua feeling all the pain and all of the anguish. And he's laying on the, with his face in the dust, acting as a mediator between God and man right now, trying to figure out what he needs to figure out. So Joshua, he's talking to this angel, the angel of the Lord, and the angel is telling him, you need to do something. See, he tells him, somebody has done something in the camp that was not supposed to be done. Oh, boy. Something has transpired that was not supposed to transpire. I told you in Joshua chapter 6, verses 18, don't you touch nothing, don't you grab nothing. It is all a curse. Leave it alone. But now he tells him, I need you to do something, right? And when you notice in Joshua chapter 7, this is all around Joshua chapter 7, verses 10, 11, 12, all that kind of stuff right there. Joshua, God, uh, the, the angel of the Lord tells Joshua in Joshua chapter 7, verse 14, he says to him, in the morning, I need you to do something. In the morning. Now, let me pause right there for a second. God is several things that you and I aren't. Well, he's a lot of things that you and I aren't, Right? There is something called communicable traits and incommunicable traits. What are they called? Y'all some good students. That's all right. If you fall asleep on me, I'm going to bring a ruler next week and I'm going to start tapping y'all. Y'all ever been beaten in school before? You know, I was a little weird student and I got beaten in school. That's back in the 90s when they had the thingy and they would actually, yeah, I got whooped in school, right? Exactly. So we're going to have to implement that maybe here a little bit, keep y'all awake. 
All right, y'all just stay away from me. So, 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 God is several things that you and I aren't. There is incommunicable traits and there are communicable traits. The incommunicable, the, sorry, the communicable traits are what is known as the fruit of the spirit. Your love, your joy, your peace, your long suffering, you know, all of those. Y'all know the fruit of the spirit, right? The ones that we know, but we don't live by. Yes. We know, we know them here, but we don't live them here often, right? Those are what you call incommunicable traits. I mean, communicable traits. Those are the ones whereby we can become more like Jesus himself. Did you have what's called incommunicable traits? What did I say again? Amen. Y'all are here with me. I got to keep y'all with me, right? Incommunicable traits. Incommunicable traits, and you know these traits. They're the fact that God is omnipotent. What does omnipotent mean? All right, y'all going to talk to me today. Um, he's omnipotent. There's also the fact that he's omnipresent. Everywhere at the same exact time. And there's also the one where he's omniscient. All-knowing, right? So that means he knows all the dirt that's up in your closet. That means he knows every skeleton, every bone, every sinew, everything that you've got hidden up in that closet that your spouse don't even know about, your kids don't know about, your sibling don't know about. That means he knows about everything that's transpiring all at the same time. Those are incommunicable traits. God does not give those traits to us. The fact that he's all-knowing, has the ability to be everywhere at the exact same time, and he has all the power in the world. Incommunicable traits. Y'all just learned something today, right? Amen. Now, when you come to Joshua chapter 7, verse 14, the angel of the Lord says to Joshua, in the morning, I want you to line up the children of Israel. I want you to line all these individuals up because now we're going to go through what's called a process of elimination. Now, keep in mind, God already knows who did what. So who is this for? It's not for God. I need you to understand this. I need you to understand. God could have told Joshua, hey, yo, Joshua, I got to put it in my own vernacular. Y'all put it in how, if you want to put it in King James Version vernacular, cool with you, but I'm going to put it in my vernacular. Yo, Joshua, say, Josh, say, such and such stole, what's his name? Let's go get him. What's up? The angel of the Lord could have told him that. However, he says to him, in the morning, I want you to line everybody up. Thank you for this little sweat rag right here because I'm sweating to death. He says, in the morning, I want you to line everybody up. Now, I need you to understand something, right? See, these stories make more sense when you understand background to actually what's going on, right? What you need to understand at this juncture, there's roughly two million Jews. Two million. God already knows who did what. God could have solved this problem right there that very second and said, hey, your boy stole such and such. Let's go on deal with him. Instead, he says to Joshua, this is what I want you to do in the morning. I want you to line all of these individuals up. Two million of them. But not just line them up. He then says to them, I want you to line them up by tribes. Y'all know how many tribes there were, right? There were 12 tribes. And then what we're going to do is we're going to go through this process of elimination and we're going we're gonna to get to who did what 
and why in the morning in the morning right so then the so then the next morning Joshua wakes up Joshua wakes up and he and he assembles all of the people the men the women the children the donkeys the horses he assembles everybody and everything and now it's time for them to line up this is around Joshua chapter 7 verses 15 16 17 and 18 you read it on your own time I'm paraphrasing it right but it's all there everything I'm about to is all there so he lines them all up 12 tribes 2 million individuals and he starts this process early in the morning and he starts by saying the individual who stole what they stole comes from the tribe of Judah whoa hold up You know, y'all ever, y'all ever took a guess on a test before? You know, it's one of them things they call a stab in the dark, right? And you, you, you take a test, and it might be multiple choice, and you don't know the answer because you really didn't study or whatever, and you're just taking a guess at it, and, and it might be right, it might be wrong. It might, here's what I used to do in school. Let me just put a pause right there. This is what I used to do in school. Y'all, y'all remember them um, standardized tests where you bubbled in? Y'all remember those? Some of y'all might have been before standardized test but it's all right <laughs> y'all remember the standardized test though right and you had the bubble thing so you had a b c d and then you had e f whatever's after f and j a whatever y'all know the alphabet so you had to bubble in the answer one answer for each one of the questions now, because I never studied, I didn't know the answer, and I didn't care what the answer was, what I would do is I would bubble in A, B, C, and D, and then I would come down and I would bubble down everything on the right-hand side, and then I would come around this way, and I would bubble all these in, and then I would bubble up. So at least I'm going to get one right somewhere in that. I kid you not. I kid you not. When, when me and little Alvy took the ACT test back in 2000, that's exactly how I did the test. And I scored a 14, and that's exactly what I needed to get into SWU. I kid you not. I scored, I needed a 14. I scored a 14 bubbling just like that. That's how I did all standardized tests growing up, because I didn't care. But see, but see, when you, when, you, when you come to this Bible text, and God now has, has said, look, line up all 12 of these tribes, we're going to line them all up. He's not taking a stab in the dark. He's leading and directing Joshua to exactly who did what, what tribe this individual comes out of, what family this individual comes out of. He knows the whole thing. Why? Because he's omniscient. He knows about all the skeletons in your closet. And so he takes the tribe of Judah. Now, I don't know about you, but I kind of would have been a little nervous at this point, right? This is cause for alarm. Again, you've got 12 tribes, 2 million individuals. How in the world do you come up with the exact tribe this individual is from? So that means the rest of the tribes, the tribe of Dan, the tribe of Issachar, the, all the rest of the tribes, y'all can go back on home and eat breakfast, whatever, whatever y'all didn't get to do this morning because you had to come and report for roll call, understand me? Y'all can now go back and do what you was doing. We just going to deal with the tribe of Judah right now. Somebody should start scratching their head right now. Somebody should really start digging in today. Well, let me not scratch too hard because that's going, I'm going to tear skin right there because I ain't got no hair. But somebody should start digging in their heads right now and saying to themselves as they lined up from the tribe of Judah, how in the world did Joshua know that? 
being directed by God. But then look in the Bible. Look, look, look. I, I want to show you something real quick. I want to show you something. Look, look at, look at verses. Look at verses 17 and 18 real quick. Look at Joshua chapter 7, verse 17 and 18. Y'all there? All right, let's go. Watch what it says. It, the, the tribe of Judah was taken in verse 16. Now watch this in verse 17. He brought the clan of Judah and he took the family of the Zerites and he brought the family of the Zerites man by man. Now, you remember in Joshua chapter 7, verse 1, when I was reading you all those little family names that I might have messed up, but you saw them, right? And he's giving, he's giving this little lineage of where this individual comes from because it's going to come into play later on in Joshua 7. And we're seeing it again right now where the individual who stole something is coming from. So we're going through this process of elimination. And we see the tribe of Judah is taken. But now within the tribes, you have families. A lot of families. I need you to understand in each tribe, you probably had over 100,000 individuals. And there's family. You know how the Perry family pretty much occupies this whole church? Yeah. Everybody's a Perry up in here. Any Perrys on this side? Raise your hand. All right. All the Perrys, I guess, sit on this side. Everywhere I turn, there's a Perry or there's a goddaughter of a Perry. There's a Perry somewhere connected everywhere up in this church, Right? So imagine now you have this tribe of Judah with 100, 200,000 yay individuals and the family of the Perrys was taken. How in the world does that happen? Now you got to start. Everybody scratch their head real quick. Don't scratch too hard because some of y'all, you know, we don't want your weave or your wig or anything to fall out. I'm bald, so y'all like to make jokes on me all the time. But at this juncture... Again, the individual should be scratching his head and saying, hold up. How did you know it was the Perry family that is coming from who stole something? Again, you got to remember, God is omniscient. He knows about the skeletons in your closet. Everything that you keep trying to hide from God, everything you don't want to confess to God, everything you want to keep doing on the side, right? All of that stuff, God's watchful eye is looking and seeing. But you keep hiding the stuff you keep wanting to suppress the stuff oh no god's gonna reveal remember what our text say for there is nothing there ain't nothing not nothing double negative there's not nothing that won't be covered that will not be revealed nor hidden that will not be known and so now we've come where the the, the family of the zerites are taken right or the family of the Perrys are now taken and he brought the family of the zerites now man by man. Hold up now. Y'all just, I don't know how y'all read the Bible. I struggle just reading through the Bible all fast like. Right? Any of y'all like the speed on the highway? Don't tell the truth, say the devil. You know good and well all y'all don't do 75, 70 miles. You speed? Yeah, see you, you alright, I need to find a law man, give you a ticket. Thank you for telling the truth. But sometimes we speed through the Bible, how we speed on the highway. And we, and we forget to smell the sweet roses in the text. We forget to see what God is really doing in the text because we're in such a rush to get where we got to get. You realize you should have just planned out your morning a little bit better to get where you needed to get on time, understand me? So you ain't got to go a thousand miles an hour to get to where you got to get so you can say you was on time. I'm on looking at you because you testified to the truth. <laughs> But this individual now, 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 he's taken now man by man, and now we see that Zabdi is taken. Oh, it's getting closer now. 
This thing is getting even closer and closer. So this individual should be really shaking his head right now, scratching his head and trying to figure out, hold up now. What is going on? But then we notice, look, 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 look at the next verse in 18. Then he brought his household man by man. Oh, man. Now we're down. What's the address of your house? We're now at 7200 Warwick. We're now at 7200. Everybody come over to the house. You're having dinner today. Right after church. That's where I'm going. We all going over there. Now we done arrived at your house. Man by man. I need you to understand. Do y'all know how many houses are here in Ypsilanti? But now God has arrived right here at Elder Perry's house. Because the problem is right there on Warwick Avenue. The problem is right there on Warwick Avenue, right there inside our house with them two dogs and them couches that she got up in the, for, for them dogs. I don't know if you know, the children live in the basement, but the dogs got couches upstairs. I just, I'm sorry, I just had to throw all that out there. <laughs> We're going to have a good time today, understand me? Yeah. I was just, I was, I was, I was, I, I was, it was fun over there the other day. Let's just put it like that. I had a lot of fun, right? And so, and so we've now come to the very house, right? And the Bible says that an Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah of the tribe of Judah was taken. Oh boy. We done went through this entire process of elimination and God has got to the very individual who is the one who stole what was not supposed to be stolen. Oh, my word. Oh, my word. Now we're in a case where we got to stand before the judge. We've got to stand before the judge. And now we we have to we have to testify. Right. And so and so when Achan is now taken in the Bible, Joshua says to him, he says, give glory to God, my son. But do, but do you hear do you hear the, the tender love that Joshua has for this individual? G give glory to God, my son. He still calls him my son because remember, he's got to lead these people. So his heart is still with the people. Give glory to him. And then you see in the Bible where, where, where Achan now, he makes confession. It's false confession, though. He now makes confession and he says, it was I who stole it. Joshua chapter 7, somewhere around verse 20, 19 and 20. He said, it is I who stole it, right? And then, and then he says, he says, when I saw that goodly Babylonian garment. Oh, boy, you could tell where his heart was right then. You see, your boy say, when I seen them retro J's, right? When I seen them retro Jordans. When I seen them Jordan 1's through 13's. I seen them J's, right? And, and, and then the text says there was some wedges of gold up in there too, right? See, 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 we don't really use none of it. Any of y'all got gold? I got pennies, but that's not gold. Any of y'all got gold? So we don't really talk gold like that, right? So, so when I saw $1 million, and I seen all the life supply of retro Jordans. I couldn't help myself but to take it. When I saw that good Babylonian garment and the wedge of gold, I wanted it. And as the Bible says, I coveted it within my heart. See, 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 as soon as he busted out 
and said that goodliest Babylonian garment, right then you knew where his heart was at. Because I need you to understand, if that man had a true repentance, he would have said, man, listen, I, I saw it, I ain't want it, I ain't mean to take it, understand me, but no, his heart, that man's heart was on the garment, and that man's heart was on the money. Right. And so and so the Bible then says, right, the Bible then says that 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 he now says to uh, Joshua where the stuff was. And he says to them, it is in my tent covered beneath the earth. Oh, boy, what are we going to find beneath the earth? Oh, yeah, that's why I got that cover right there, because that's all beneath the earth. We're going to find some things up under there. Don't worry, I'm going to show you what's up under there in a little bit. I'm going to read you exactly what's on there because some of us got some of that stuff still buried. You see, God's been trying to get you to confess and to confess and to confess. You see how God works is he gives us all an in-the-morning experience. Understand this, God in his omniscience could have easily said to Joshua, Achan stole it, get Achan and stole it and stone Achan. Instead, because God is such a merciful God, God is a long-suffering God, he says to him, wait until the morning because I'm going to give him an opportunity at confession and repentance. Let me back up a little bit. You see, there's particular lenses we should read the Bible through, right? Some of us, we tend to read through the lens of God is just out there to destroy everybody, right? There's a guy named Richard Dawkins, right? Richard Dawkins is an atheist. Richard Dawkins, he's got some major huge words for what God is. Egalomenical, he's a, he's a killer of babies and all types of stuff like that. And you see a lot of things in the Bible. But if you don't understand the context of what is actually transpiring, it's not going to make sense. And you're going to form a skewed and off judgment about my God, right? One lens you need to read God through, right? See, the book is titled Joshua. What's it entitled? Thank you for talking to me. The book is entitled Joshua. The name Joshua literally means God, the God who saves. God is a God of salvation. And so it is imperative that understand that when God operates, he's not operating just to blot you out of existence. He's first trying to save you and trying to save you and trying to save you. And all of us all through our lives have millions of in the morning experiences. It's those experiences where God says, yeah, you've done wrong. I could blot you out, but I'm not. I'm giving you another in the morning. You messed up today, but I'm not going to blot you out of existence. I'm going to give you another in the morning. And you've gone through 10,000 of those in the mornings. And God says, I'm going to give you another 10,000 of those in the mornings because God is a God that's trying to save you. And so it's easy to get to aching when you don't understand what's really transpiring it's easy to get to Achan and just see, oh, my word. Not only is, he kill, get, is Achan getting stoned, have you ever realized that the children are getting stoned too? You ain't never scratch your head and wonder why the children got killed too? Oh, yeah, don't worry, I'm going to explain to you why the children got killed too. You see, when you look at the word of God, and if you just do the surface reading, right, and you don't look at the background at all, some of this stuff is not going to make any sense. So you're going to look at it and you're going to scratch your head and you're going to say, God, why would you kill the children? They didn't do anything. See, that's what you think. That's not what I think. That's not what I think at all. Why? Because I studied the background to this and I understand why the kids had to get knocked off too. 
If y'all don't ever understand any of my vernacular, go to Ur Black Urban Dictionary or something like that and figure it out. It's on the Google. It's just the way I talk. You'll figure it out from there. Or just ask somebody that used to be cool or is still cool. Or <laughs> somebody going to help you out up in there, all right? That's all right? All right. So, so, so you get to the part of the text. You get, you get to the part of the text where, 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 where this individual now is taken to the valley of Achor to be stoned. But also his children, his family, his tent, his donkeys, all of it is about to get stoned and burned with fire. Why? Okay, don't worry. I'll tell you why. Don't worry. We're going to get to what's up under there too because some of, some of us got some of that stuff that's up under that thingy right there. What I need you to understand is in Bible times, right, when the children of Israel wandered around the wilderness, when they traveled, there was no Holiday Inn. There was no Fairfield Inn. There was no hotels. Are y'all with me so far? So if you read into the text your 21st century mindset of they had hotels, they had great lodging to stay in, then you are going to misunderstand what the text is trying to tell you. They had no hotels. It was not like it was no bed and breakfast like that. Right. So when they traveled around, they traveled around with tents. What did they travel around with? They traveled around with tents. You remember Exodus 25, 8, let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. What was the saint? It was a tent. Right? And if you've ever seen a picture or ever read the book of Numbers, right, you notice how the sanctuary was in the middle of the congregation and all of the tents were around it, right? They resided in tents. Now, what I need you to understand about these tents, right? There were, there were different kinds of tents as they traveled. So when they got to different places, they would, they would, they would reside there and they would set up their tents. Y'all with me so far? All right, got a survey that none of y'all sleep because if you sleep on me, you're going to miss this, right? So, so, so they would set up their tents. Now, the first tent that you had was called the family tent. What's it called? The family tent. The family tent was the portion of the tent where you would go for family worship and things like that. You know, the things that most of us, we don't have in our own homes anymore these days. Yeah, them, that. Because we're rushing so much to get out the door and do what we need to do. We forget to have family worship. But they had a family tent, right? So that family tent was where family worship and all of those things transpired at, right there in the family tent. Connect to the family tent was was the mommy and daddy tent right and the mommy and daddy tent was where mommy and daddy things happened in the mommy and daddy tent are y'all with me without me spelling it out all right thank you i mean i can spell it out if you want but i think y'all got it right all right i mean all y'all ain't no test tube babies are you so we all got here through a mommy and a daddy somehow some way so you had the mommy and daddy tent, which was connected to the family tent. Connected to the mommy and daddy tent, you now had the little children tent that they didn't all reside in the same tent, right? Now, what I need you to understand, right, when you had this family tent, what they would do is because they would travel around to dusty areas and they would travel around where there was grass, they weren't so prehistoric where they would just lay on the grass and lay in the dust, right? They would lay down these big old massive rugs in the, in the family tent, right? And that's, where, that's how they would keep the dust down. They would keep the grass down. They would keep it all down because they had a big old rug. Now, any of y'all ever tried to roll out a rug before? 
You ever tried rolling out a big old rug by yourself and you notice when you roll that rug like in the center, this side starts to go this way and you have to kind of back it up and you have to go this way, right? What works best when you roll out a, a big old huge tent is when you have enough people to cover this side, this side, this side, this side, and this side. And now we can all roll out the tent together. So in the family tent, they had to lay down the carpet. They had to lay down this rug. And you notice what Aiken says, it is in the tent and it is covered up underneath the earth. And not just one person could roll out the tent, roll out the cover, roll out the rug. This starting making sense to you? See, what I need you to understand, the Bible says in Deuteronomy 24, 16, you ain't got to turn there. The Bible says, fathers shall not be put to death for their children, nor shall children be put to death for their fathers. A person shall be put to death for his own sin. Them children was involved in the cover up too. Everybody was having an in the morning experience. You see, you see, when Achan stole this stuff and he buried it underneath the earth, he might have buried it himself. However, he needed the entire family to help him roll out the rug. So he covered it up and all of his family members aided in the cover up as well. Oh, boy, what do we got up under our tent, right? What do we got up under our rugs? See, some of us, see, some of us, and we, and we keep these things hidden. Some of us, we got up under our rugs some gossip. Oh, boy. We gossip. It's that thing that we, we keep mess going on in the church that doesn't need to keep going on. Nasty old gossip, but we keep that thing buried and covered up as a skeleton in our closet. But trust and believe it is all going to come to light. Some of us, oh, some of us, we keep buried that foul language. Some of us, we still got old sailor's mouth. Y'all know what a sailor's mouth is? You still dropping F-bombs out there when you ain't got no, 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 no reason to be dropping F-bombs unless it starts with faith. That's it. But we're still carrying around this bad, foul language right underneath the ground. We also got hate. Oh, boy. See, some of y'all ain't no murderer. Some, some of y'all ain't never tried to murder nobody, murder nobody. But you actually have. Because some of y'all live with some hate deep up in you. Somebody done did you something wrong and you can't even forgive them. You can't forgive them, and so you walk around with hate buried deep within you, but everything that is hidden will come to light. Oh, we got some other stuff buried, right? See, 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 some of us, we got a stealing problem. You've been doing it every week. Been doing it every single week. That's why there got to be presentations to explain how the money works in this church. Because some of us been robbing God for so long that you ain't even thinking twice about the fact that you've been stealing. Oh, boy, we got some of that buried in What else we got buried up underneath? Oh, we got lying. Some of us love to tell lies, right? Some of us love to lie. Some of us can't help lying. It makes you feel better by telling your white lie, your black lie, your green lie, your blue lie, whatever lie you want to tell, you keep that thing buried up underneath there. What else we got buried up under there? Don't worry, we got, we got some more stuff buried up under there. Oh, we got some lust up under there. Yeah, some of y'all be looking at people the wrong way. 
See, some, some of y'all want to watch even, even some of these specific TV shows just so you can lust after these individuals. Because you don't think it's wrong because you know you ain't never going to meet the individual. However, you got lust in your heart, you already committed sin. Some of us got that buried deep within us. Some of us, we've got, we've got selfishness buried deep within us, right? Some of us are carrying selfishness around. Some of us are still doing drugs out here. Some of us are still smoking or drinking or doing things we have no business doing. But those things that are buried and covered up will come to light. Some of us, we got greed buried. Some of us, we got side relationships. Oh, boy. Some of us, we got some side chicks on the side. Some of us got some side men on the side, right? So, so some of us got some things on the side that we not supposed to have. However, everything that's in the dark will come to light. That's what the Bible says. What else, what else we got buried up under there? Oh, we got premarital sex up in there. Some of us, some of us ain't even supposed to be having sex, but some of us are. Oh yeah, everything everything the bible says there is nothing the bible says for there is nothing covered that will not be revealed nor hidden that will not be known even you can get away with it right now but eventually eventually it is gonna come out and when it comes out woe is you but we got some other things buried, right? We got a few other things buried up under the oh we got one more thing buried. we got alcohol some of us still up in here drinking alcohol Oh, yeah. Some of us are still drinking. Some of us are still smoking. Some of us are doing things we have no business doing. Those are the things we have buried within. And just like when Joshua comes to Achan and says, give testimony to what you have done. We try to hide all those things. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We don't want nobody to know. But eventually, everything that's hidden is going to be uncovered. And all of your sins are going to be laid there, sprawled out. Let me go ahead and make this church look a little disorganized. All, oh, man, no, that didn't work right. Yeah, that's better. All your sins are going to eventually be laid out. But see, but see, here's the beautiful thing. Here's the beautiful thing about it. The fact of the matter is that God gives you an in the morning and 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 in the morning. He gives you so many in the mornings to whereby you can get rid of all of this stuff. And all you got to do is make confession to him. If we are faithful and just, he will forgive us of our sins. These individuals, the children get stoned, the wife gets stoned, the husband gets stoned, and you notice the tent even gets burned. The animals got to go. Everything's got to go. Now, what I need you to understand, I'm going to wrap this up in a second. What I need you to understand is this story is a microcosm of how God deals with us in our lives. You notice at the very end of this story, they get stoned with stones and burned with fire. Revelation chapter 6, what are those individuals crying for when Christ returns at the brightness of, let the stones and the rocks fall on us? Let the stones and the rocks fall on us. And what do individuals who don't make it into the kingdom receive? They get burned with fire. This story, my friends, is a microcosm of how God deals with us. He gives us chance after chance after chance after chance, but eventually, eventually, he's got to step back and he's got to say, he that is filthy.
let him be filthy still. He that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And so whatever sin you keep buried underneath the ground, it will be revealed. So what are you waiting for? Why do you keep holding on to that sin? Why haven't you given it up yet? What is that thing within you that is keeping you from letting go and letting God? There's a song in the Bible. There's a song, sorry, that simply says these words. All to Jesus, I surrender. All to thee, I freely give. I will ever love and trust you in your presence daily live. And the chorus simply goes, I surrender all. I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. What are you waiting for? God, God has given you chance after chance. He's given you time after time after time to get it right. God is not some vindictive God that's just waiting for you to step to the life left when you should have stepped to the right so he can blot you out of existence. That's not the God of love who we serve. He's a God of love, a God of mercy, a God of justice, a God of patience, a God that says, I'm going to give you so many in the mornings, you won't even be able to count them. I'm going to give you opportunity after opportunity to dig up what you've got hidden up underneath that earth. But do you understand the more you keep hidden and those around you that know you keep hiding it, they're going to even end up in the same fate that you are saw the naked story because they helped them bury it and cover it up. Folks, like I said, when it comes to prayer meeting, it's not just about you. There are individuals that know your dirt and those individuals aren't even holding you accountable to that dirt that are going to be held accountable. No person is an island unto themselves. It's time to surrender all, folks. When, 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 when you stop being, that's when true church can really begin. We can talk about it all day long. But folks, some of us got to let some stuff go. Close your eyes, bow your heads, close your eyes, bow your heads. I don't, I don't know what your journey is in life. I don't, know where, I don't know where you are. I don't even know everybody's name up in this church yet. But the fact of the matter is, God is omniscient. He knows. And he knows what skeletons are in your closet. He knows exactly how many chances he's given you, and he's willing to give you another chance and another chance and another chance. And I just want to know today, is there one individual that has something buried? You don't have to say what it is, but is there one person in there that has something buried that says, I want to let it go today? If that's you, please stand. If there's just one thing you have buried that you want to let go, bless your heart, bless your heart, bless your heart, bless your heart. You have something buried. That it's time for you to let go and let God. You don't have to be like Achan. You don't have to be like his family. You don't have to be like the tent. You don't have to be like the animals. You don't have to be stoned and burned with fire because we serve a merciful and a loving God that gives you chance after chance. But soon and very soon, folks, it's going to be too late. If you hear his voice today, harden out your hearts. 
And I don't know, I just want to be so bold just now. I don't even know what everybody's status is right now. Maybe you've been baptized before. Maybe you have not been baptized before. But maybe, just maybe, there's an individual in here that wants to go down into that watery grave. You're going to go through Bible studies and different things like that. But is there one individual that wants to give their life fully to Jesus Christ and get baptized into that watery grave? If that's you, I ask that you just come on down this aisle right now. And if you can't come down this aisle, just raise your hand. I'll come to you. Is there one? Is there one? I'm not into holding appeals for 10 minutes or five minutes. You know what decision you need to make. If you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Heavenly Father, Lord, you see these individuals standing. You see these individuals sitting too. Lord, you know everybody's situation, Lord God. And I just pray that whoever has something buried, they yield it up to you. Lord, you're a God of mercy. You're a God of million chances. Continue to work with us, Lord, us wayward, sinful human beings. But at the end of the day, Lord, I pray that we all can stand on that sea of glass and hear those words, well done, thy good and faithful servant. We praise you and we bless you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. You may be seated.